Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business. Only on Money FM 89.3. A very good morning to you. This is uh, Breakfast with Lindley and Ryan and on Mind Your Business. Recently, our sister publication, The Straits Times, wrote that some of the older stores at Bras Bazaar Complex are closing down, but remaining tenants believe the best has yet to come. Yeah, so lots going to happen at Bras Bazaar Complex in terms of changes. It's been going through a bit of renovation. And of course, for many people, it's something they hold close to their hearts because they grew up mm. in some sense over there. All these shops and you might imagine the bookshops, the music shops. Mm -hmm. That is what comes to mind when I think about Brass Passer Complex. That's right. On Mind Your Business today, we are speaking to a second-gen owner of Chen Sun Lee Book Stamp and Coin Centre, one of the many family-owned SMEs who are still in business there. Just to give a bit of background, he was in the midst of his studies in Australia, received a call from home to the news that his father has passed on. Devastated, he decided to return to Singapore to continue his father's legacy. And he's now in our studio, Jack Chen, Chen Sun Lee, Book Stamp and Coin Centre. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hello, everyone. Hey, Jack. So this is, I think, an important story because you're a second-gen owner. There are many family-owned businesses in Singapore. Who will be going through the same thing? You know, who's going to take over my business? Who will be the next generation? How do I take it to the next level, reach out to a new customer base? Because customers change. You've got a newer generation. And you've got, of course, the business shop, Chen Sundi Book Stamp and Coin Center. That's been the main part of the business for quite some time. But now you've branched out into calligraphy. Mm -hmm. Give us an idea of how this business got started and why do you decide to go into calligraphy? In the 1980s, when my mom and dad was focusing on coins and stamps, then they moved over to Brass Passer Complex. They got a unit over there. Mm -hmm. And because they are renting the unit, so uh, HDB actually has a, a rules saying that uh, since you are renting here, this is uh, a book city, city of book. You are supposed to sell books and stamps. So that's why my mom and dad actually divert into a Chinese calligraphy as a stationary provider. And um, during that period of time is uh, the year that China start to open up. Mm -hmm. And that's where they, they actually bring some of the Chinese calligraphy products to Singapore Expo. My mom and dad went there and have a look. And yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very aligned to their passions. So they bring the stocks into Brass Passa Complex and from there on, it's just Chinese calligraphy stationary products. So it's been a decade since you took over the business in 2013. Mm. Can we say that you're a master of Chinese calligraphy? Uh, no, I'm, I'm still a beginner. I'm still learning every day. There's so much things to learn in mm -hmm. Chinese calligraphy. Mm -hmm. So every day there's new things that I can learn. We also share with our customers more things. Because for papers, there are so many kinds of papers and brushes. So each has their own pros and cons. And it will actually take a while to learn everything. So you mean the different types of calligraphy? Mm, yeah. Share with us more about that. For brushes, they are focused on three categories. That's um, the goat fur, the mm -hmm. weasel fur and the mixed fur. So each of them actually has uh, different cons such as goat fur. It actually absorbs more inks. Mm. So when you do painting, you require to be a... a to 
to have a more watery effect, you use goat fur. But the goat fur is a lot softer. So for beginners who are not very familiar with Chinese calligraphy, they will have a problem in controlling the strokes. Mm, yeah, okay. because too much water, it will actually spread a lot. Hmm. What about mm. the ink? For ink-wise, nothing much. It's yeah, a standard ink. It's a standard ink. ink. Just that there is, uh, there's also di- different var- variations. So some of them, they prefer to have a uh, dark brownish feel. Mm. So they will get from the Japanese ink. And Japanese ink, they actually have a better... They use chemical chemical glue. So it will not smell after mm. a long, long period of time. Interesting. Yeah, you've got a couple of things you brought to the studio with us. Mm. I'm just wondering how business is like. How much do these things go for? Mm, for coins and stamps, uh, we really deal very little at the moment. Let's start with the coins. So yep. what can someone expect going to the shop? Um, they actually collect coins and stamps. So each collector, they have different preference. So some people will choose to search for street settlements coin. Mm. Yeah. Tell us more about that coin. What makes it so special? Yeah. Um, this is from street settlement. It's on 1916. So it's way before Singapore was oh. independent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we move on to the stamps. I've got a blow up of a picture. Yeah, this was the one of the more valuable stamps in China. This is actually the year of monkey. Yeah, I'm going to try my best to describe it. So it's a red stamp with mm. a monkey and some Chinese writing on it. So mm. what are we looking at here? This stamp is actually the one of the first stamps uh, of 12 Zodiac. Ah. Yeah. That was published out from China. And this red color is actually signifying that China communists, so-called, their beliefs. When was this first launched? 1980s. Mm. Okay. And because it's the first one, so during the 1980s, um, China wasn't that wealthy. So the collectors in China wasn't aware of the value of it. Then in the 1990s, the second monkey came in. Mm. That's when the collector realized that, eh, where's the first version of the monkey stamps mm. that they failed to collect? So they start to search for it and then the demand supply is so little that the price start to go very high. Mm, okay, I was going to talk about that. With digital collectibles being the trend these days, are mm. people still collecting coins and stamps? Is this a dying investment? Uh, no. For foreign countries such as China, they still believe stamps and coins is actually a much safer collection because NFT and all this, it's very risky. But stamps and coins, they actually hold it physically with them. And then if you look at the calligraphy, what do we have? Because you talked about how this is a new branch of the business you're going into. So what does the business model involve for this at your shop right now? We actually focus on service with, to our, our customer. So you're not so, teaching anyone how to draw? Are you selling the paintings? Uh, no, we, we focus on um, selling the stationaries. But ah, okay. if our customer prefers to learn, we will actually recommend them to the teachers that are near their housing okay. area or their work area. I see where this is coming from. So, okay, so you've got this you know, in the mix. And as you imagine, it's quite a niche business. And a lot of it now is going online. So how do you 
transit to that landscape where everybody mm. is just online looking at stuff, even shopping e-commerce is online these days mm-hmm. and you've got a shop there. How do you bring the crowds to where you are right now at Bras Pasar? For this, we actually put our products online mm-hmm. on Shopee, mm-hmm. Lazada, Shopify on our own website to sell the products. Then if the customer is not very sure, they can call in and get more info about the product mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. As for the next plan was like, I'm going to do some live video mm-hmm. that actually will demonstrate all the ink effect on the paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the TikTok. brushes. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I'm more interested in how you preserve these old coins and old stamps. Like, let's say you have uh, collections of first day cover stamps mm-hmm. from decades ago. How mm-hmm. do you actually preserve them? We actually place them in a stamp folder and then we keep them in a room that has some dehumidifier. Oh. Yeah, because Must they it be are a certain temperature. Yeah, uh, as in not not much moisture. We keep it as dry; it will mm. be better. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about this just now. This is a second generation that you are, of course, taking over from your parents. Mm-hmm. When you took over the shop, what came to mind in terms of your to-do list? What was at the top of your mind that you needed to revamp or keep? You no, know, what's the path for you to, I guess, take over? this shop smoothly? The first thing I come to my mind is actually to make sure that the accounts, the logistic is all digitalized. Mm. Because in my parent generation, they have an incredible mind. <laughs> they can mm. memorize every single product. Mm-hmm. Even that's like 5,000, 6,000 product. They know where it is, how much it costs, where, it's, uh, where to purchase it, what's the cost. It's mm. all in their mind. Even their customer portfolio, they can actually remember all the telephone numbers just giving them the surname. Wow, wow, wow. So how much of that, you know, those processes have been digitalized in your business? As for now, most of them have been digitalized. So for account, we have accounting software, logistics. We actually put all our product on our cloud server. Mm. So for now, if we search for any product, it's just a button pressed. Mm. So how would you like to take your business to the next level? I actually hope to educate our clientele. So... Because for Chinese calligraphy, it's, there's so much to learn. Then I would like to like share everything that I know there to our clientele. They will actually learn from it and develop more passion towards our product. Yeah, for Chinese painting, it's a very, very difficult artwork. Why is it so? Because compared to Western art, Western art, you can always use an eraser or use a white color to cover your mistake. But for Chinese painting, one stroke is wrong. You have to redo everything. Yeah, let's talk about your customer base. Who are you seeing coming to your shop? I imagine it's a very specific type of profile. Usually it's in the age of 30 to 50. People who have been working for a period of time and seeking some inner peace. Uh, that's when they start to have a hobby on Chinese calligraphy because when you do Chinese calligraphy, it's a form of meditation. Oh, okay. Mm. I need some inner peace. I'll try that. So are they mostly regulars? Recent year due to COVID, actually there's a lot of new new customer comes in because oh. uh, most of them are being trapped in at home, locked lock at home. <laughs> so they need something to work on. If not, they have nothing to do. <laughs> okay, I can see it already come through from you. You're so zen. So that telegraphy must really mm. help. What do you love most about what you do? Um, I enjoy doing the artwork, experimenting every single product because it helps me to understand our product more and I actually gain more knowledge on a lot of things. I can actually learn and teach my clientele also. 
Yeah, so it's not just teaching other people, you're also learning Mm -hmm. alongside them. Yes. Alright, thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Jack. Jack Chen there, Chen Sun Lee Bookstamp and Coin Centre. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.